This is the Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 292. The Colored Pencil Podcast is brought to you by UART Premium Sanded Paper. UART is the only sanded paper on the market today to offer seven different grades to choose from. Their papers are designed to provide colored pencil, pastel, and charcoal artists a consistent and reliable surface. And so UART comes in beige and dark. And we're going to be talking with Judith today in this interview. And she exclusively uses the dark sanded paper from UART. So stick around towards the middle of the show. I'll talk to you about how you can get 20% off of your order of UART today. Give UART premium sanded paper a try and experience the UART difference, and we thank them for their support of the Color Pencil Podcast. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Color Pencil Podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. This is a Color Pencil Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate you coming back week to week. I'm excited to welcome to the show today, Judith Heilbronn-Crown. Judith, thank you so much for coming on here today and for giving some of your time here. We're like seven hours apart. So Judith and I are talking from uh, two different sides of the world, but we're making it work here today. So I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day to do this. You're welcome. All right. You primarily work on sanded paper, and I I do want to talk about that today. Uh, But before we do that, I want to go back in time I would like for you to tell me how you got started drawing with colored pencil. When I was a child, I obviously used colored pencils because at my parents' house, I discovered old packs, the sort of packs of 12 or 24 of the ah. Caran d'Ache um, basic pencils right. and the Derwent basic pencils. One pack would have belonged to my sister, one pack to me. I don't know which. When I was about 20 and a student in earth sciences, which is geology sort of mm-hmm. thing, um, I know that I took my pencils with me because I have a sketch of a mountain that I partly did in colored pencil. So I must have been doing it then. And then around 1998, 99, I attended, or 95, I'm not sure, but I attended a craft show in London, the International Artist Show or something it was called, I can't really remember. One of the artist magazines in the UK, anyway, uh-huh. I think. Um, and they were selling colored pencils there. And I bought the Supra Color of 120 pencils. And I brought it home and I started using it. And the first thing I did was a red cabbage. I think it might have been 1995. And then gradually continued using them and got using them more and more. And mostly flower drawings and illustrations like that, still live a bit. And then in 2005, 2006, I joined the UK Coloured Pencil Society and started drawing with coloured pencils even more seriously and working from photographs and my own photographs, of course. Mostly I was drawing flowers from life. I bring a a bunch of flowers and draw that. I have some lovely anemone drawings I did at the time and things like that. And one of the first 
competitions I entered, I think wasn't from photographs at all. Um, I was using my imagination for one entry. Another, I had started off by drawing the, the scent of an anemone from life. Oh. But of course, it changed. They changed. So I then had to continue working from the photographs afterwards because, of course, everything changed. Uh, changed color, changed shape. Ah, okay, right. It was a very large picture of just the, the middle. At least in my mind, you're most known for landscapes. I look at, you know, your your work. I see a lot of landscapes and uh, on sanded paper. So what what uh, got you started down that path? Why did you switch over to landscapes? Well, in 2004, I went to Scotland. There's a lovely place. Um, oh, goodness, I've forgotten the name temporarily. Um, but it's. The area was used for filming uh, the Monarch of the Glen series when it had fabulous landscapes. And I took a week holiday and I went there in May. And I took lots of photographs and I started working from them. It was basically the first proper holiday I'd had. The kids were old enough to leave. And since then, I've been going on holiday for a week, usually it was a week a year in May, mm-hmm. taking photographs and coming back and using them. A sketching on site if I could, and then coloring at home. Ah, okay. So is that mostly now how you do it as well? You sketch on site and then you finish up in your studio? Occasionally, but mostly it's working from the photographs. Okay, okay. Because when I sketch on site, it's only A4. And some of the photographs are so much more superb and inspire me even more than the actual drawing I sat down to do. Interesting. Now, you mentioned something before to me about the fact that sometimes uh, you'll start a drawing and you may not know exactly the dimension or the size and where it's going to end up. And then you'll cut yeah. it down later on. That That is fascinating to me. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Well, when you're drawing a landscape from a photograph, the best thing to do is to start in the middle and work out su- outwards. Why, why is it the best thing to do? Just curious. Well, for me, I'm not working out the size of things. I'm drawing freehand, and I'm not quite sure whether my brain's going to actually fit the size. Quite usually it does, but I can't guarantee it. So this is intuitive drawing. So it's better to on a large piece of paper. Yeah. I keep interrupting you. Sorry. <laughs> so this is very That's intuitive right. drawing is what it is. And you're not thinking about the composition a whole lot when you're starting out. I see the composition in the photograph of what I'm doing. Um, if, I'm, if I'm on site itself, I'll start at the left and work across normally. Or I'll find a, the, an important landmark in it, an important part. And work around that. Oh, okay. So we're making um, a difference in between working from a photo in your studio and the process that you use out there in, in plain air. Yeah. Yes. And there, when I'm outside and I'm working from the left, it's sort of like a race. Am I going to get to the end of the paper before the picture runs out? Oh, interesting. <laughs> Sometimes it's sometimes it's hard to get it all in because I've worked a tiny bit too big. 
Well, see, that, that's always been the problem for me and the reason why I struggle with doing things outside, you know, just going and, and trying to, to sketch outside is there, there's too much information, you know, and, the, and it's too wide and, and broad. Uh, and it's hard to just crop that in and say, OK, I'm only going to focus in this area. Uh, but it sounds like you're going through that same problem, but you're not you're not bothered by that. It sounds like I, I'm bothered by it. Yeah, if it bothers me, I'll start on that particular important bit and work outwards from it. Ah, okay, okay. So that that remains the center of focus, the resting area. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Outside, you're sketching. I'm guessing you're using, like, paper and not sanded paper, right, I guess? No. No. Okay. Um, when I'm using sanded paper, it's only the dark that I only work on. Only the dark. You are dark. Dark, normally. you are sanded paper. Yes. Okay, what grade I level? I love it. For waterfalls, 400. Okay. Okay. It's the darkest, and it has a good texture. And it has the least grain, I think, of them sometimes. It, for some reason. It has the least grain of what? The 500 is more directional. There's a tiny graininess to the I got papers. you, the direction the of the grain, yeah, yeah, the pattern on there, yes, okay. It, it varies a bit. Some have less grain and some have more um, directional part in it. Okay, but you find that the 400 has less grain, uh, directional grain, than any of the others, I guess, huh? Well, it can absorb more color to cover it up more easily. So you're aware right. of it less but in the finished thing. Right, right. So does it so it bothers you? Like have you tried like uh the six hundred or eight hundred? Well, right back at the beginning when they it first became available, I was given samples. Mm -hmm. Um and I tried them and I discovered that I like the four hundred best. Yeah. So I did try the five hundred and the 800, uh, 700 and 800. I'm not sure. I can't remember which ones they yeah. were. Right. Yeah, it comes in seven different grades. Definitely the 500. Okay. Uh, so you tried uh, the 500 and the 800 and didn't care for that. So that's interesting. It's a, it's a popular grade much, level no. to choose is that um, 400 grade level. Uh, a lot of people do like that. I found that the beige and the black or the dark rather are two separate feels and textures uh, to me and i don't know why that is but anyway in the studio oh. when you're working why do you choose uh, the dark over like the beige i'm just curious about that well what i like about the dark is it works for certain pictures it won't work for everything if you've got a very light picture a really sunlit picture where you want to emphasize the beautiful sun coming through and lighting up the leaves and there's very little darks, then it's not a suitable paper for that. Um, I'd, I normally use white. I haven't actually ever tried the, the beige. What um, did you use? I have to try it one oh, day. Oh, you, you've only tried the black. <laughs> I use all... Okay. I've only tried the black. Oh, okay. Um, and I've fallen in love with it, so... Might as well not switch, right? I have to right? try the beige someday. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would be different... Then you've got, I don't know how easy it is to get the pure whites on it, on the beige. I must try I find it. it pretty, 
I find it pretty easy to to do that. The big criticism by some is that uh, drawing on dark paper, you can never get brilliant whites or light colors on it. Yeah, but you can get absolutely amazing contrasts. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Nah, nice. Hold hold it there for one second. So she's holding it in front of the video for those of you that can't see. Uh, the video is available over in Member Circle if you're a member over there. So nice. Ah, oh, so nice. So are you you are just are you just allowing then, Judith, the paper to do the work in uh, the dark areas? Yes. And you're not going over it with any pencil layers in some of the areas that are dark or are you? So I'm going. I am going over some of it, but I'm not completely covering it up. It's the shadows between the leaves. But you only need to go over very light when you want it dark. Yeah. You only give a hint of color yeah. Yeah. over it. And. Some of the some of the black areas are not covered at all, and then the black is over the areas I want to be blackest. Ah, right, right. Very good. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know that bothers some people. It doesn't bother me. It bothers some people to have the paper showing through the the surface showing through. Um, I kind of like it personally, um, and in this case. It works quite nicely uh, because you're allowing that just like a toned surface. If you're working like on a, a Strathmore uh, toned surface, tan or gray or something like that, or any number of surfaces that have a colored type of surface. Um, so it also will speed up your process, right? I mean, you're not having to render every single thing. Oh, yeah. So very, very cool. I call my technique impressionistic. Because it gives the impression of having taken a long time. <laughs> that's a nice spin. I like that. <laughs> oh, that's that's hilarious. It also is. It's, yes, but it also is true because you can put a few lines down and it gives the impression you want anyway. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, especially when I look at your landscapes, uh, to me, they do look like they just took... An inordinate amount of time. Uh, just they're 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 very very detailed, uh, and I really love the way they look. I, I love landscapes in general. They're just I, I just feel like they're very difficult to do, and I think a lot of people are interested in doing landscapes in colored pencil. Uh, it's something I've been really kind of focused on in my spare time, um, where I can grab it here and there. The Colored Pencil Podcast is brought to you by UART Premium Sanded Paper, and I'm going to make it very easy for you to try them today because all you got to do is go over to the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. There is a code in there that if used at checkout at dakotapastels.com, you'll get 20% off of your order. 
Now, I want to tell you why you should probably place your order with dakotapastels.com anyway for UART sanded paper. Not only because you get that 20% off, but because it comes in UART sanded paper that is comes in more varieties and options at Dakota Pastels than from any other online store. Want it just in the sheets? Uh, you can get individual sheets of it. You can get it in a uh, pack or a pad. You can get it in a roll. You can get it in a four-ply board. Comes on this very nice eight-ply or four-ply conservation board. And there's different options even within boards. You can get it on a premium board. So many options to choose from. And it comes in the dark and the beige colors. So this isn't going to last long. Go ahead and take advantage of it while you can. And we do thank UART Premium Sanded Paper for sponsoring the Color Pencil Podcast. What So what advice would you give someone who is just trying to start learning how to do landscapes? Look at the composition first. It's got to be attractive to you. And if you can, if in doubt, use the rule of thirds. Mm -hmm. If people don't know what the rule of thirds is, it's if you're driving, dividing the paper into thirds in both directions. Right. So you're trying to get on the a landmark on the position here or from here. Yeah, at those four corners. Um, yeah. 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 Um, that's a basis for people who are really starting and don't know any better. And so don't know any different. Right. So you're, um, you're not thinking about that, though, yourself, right? You're, you're thinking about... What is it here that compels me or attracts me to this particular scene, right? That's what you're doing now, right? Well, that comes to me, but if you analyze them, you probably will find that there is something like that going on. Yeah, because compositionally, they're very attractive as well. They're natural. They're natural. I mean, would you say... It's natural composition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Would you say then that uh, maybe to start out, someone should... Just try to focus in on maybe one element, maybe just draw a single tree and maybe start there. Would that be a good way to start? Somebody who's new to colored pencils should try the, the to try to get good colored pencils. Very cheap ones will slide off the paper and won't leave a mark or not leave a decent mark. So the expensive ones are the um, good ones or... Not necessarily. They don't have to be the very expensive ones. What, what do you prefer? With, well, I'm using light fast ones. That's important to me. But if you're a real beginner, I would start with something like the soup, Caran d'Ache Supra Color or Don't Watercolor because they're cheap. They are not light fast, but they're very nice to work on, to work with. They'll work on nearly every surface, every type of paper. And I'd recommend them for beginners because you can use water as well or you can use them dry. Okay. Well, so do you feel like the super color then will emulate the feel and the, and the uh, types of techniques that you can use other than using water and solvent, obviously, um, of the wax and oil-based pencils like polychromos or luminous? Do you feel like the super color are good? Uh, as far as texture and the performance of them, are they similar then, are you saying, to the other wax and oil-based pencils? 
every pedestal feels different. Yeah. They're nice and soft. Yeah. Same as same as the Derwent and the Albrecht Dürer from Faber Castell. Right. They're all excellent pencils for beginners, but you'll find an awful lot of pencils within those ranges are not as light fast. But that's not going to bother a beginner. So you mentioned you use light fast pencils. So specifically, what pencils yeah. are you using? I'm mainly using the um, Derwent um, light fast, the Carandash luminance. The Van Gogh dry type, not the not the water soluble, um, but from each of the other ranges, I will use a few. Polychromos. For example, the, yeah. in the Derwent water. Sorry. Are you I using polychromos? You don't. I'm using I'm using the Albrecht Dura. Okay. But I don't. I mean, there's a sorry. I don't I don't use those normally. Um, I, uh, those are the sort of ones for the beginners, really. But there's a few. In each range, for any range, you'll find a few good colours that are light fast. Mm -hmm. In the Derwent watercolour, the browns and the and a few of the blues, for example, are in my and the one amongst the ones I use. Um, in the Albrecht Dura, I've got one or two browns and things that I would call regularly, and their black is a beauty. Okay. Um, but I try to keep to pencils that are reliable, and I do my own tests yeah, I, as well. Yeah, I do want to talk about that. Um, I want to make sure we don't forget that. <laughs> so talk to me about those tests that you do. Um, I've, used, I've been putting them out in Mediterranean sun for about six months. Okay, let's let's back up for a second. Um, so um, for, for those that may not know, I'll sh I'll show you Judith performs her own... Um, light fast tests using the blue wool scale. Okay, so what is this you're holding up? This is a, a very nice picture I did once upon a time, as it is now. Here is a um, photocopy that I did that actually I was quite amazed how accurate the colors were ah. at the time. So you can see how much this one faded. It's faded a lot. And yeah. that one didn't. Right, right. And I, I realized then, and out of interest, I did the difference between these two pictures are identical. They were done at the same time, one put out in the sun for six months and one not. Mm. And these were put, both put out, but one was done with Pencils I thought were light fast, and one was done with fading pencils. Okay, right. They, they were both they were both in the sun for the same amount of time, um, but one faded and the other didn't. Okay, so it makes a big difference which pencils you're using. Now you perform your own light fast tests with colors. You use the color yeah. strips. Um, and wh where did you purchase those? Okay, that's, uh, this is a, this is a, this is how I do my okay. test. The the colored strips you can get online um, on the internet. Right. I was very lucky that um, the a firm donated me, and I'll just show you how they look before fading. You've got um, eight different colors of blue. Okay. 
Um, but gradually they go grey. Right. And when the when six of six of them have gone grey, that means that anything that's below anything that's faded is up to level six, and anything that hasn't faded is seven or eight, and considered very light past. Over how long a period of time? This is uh, about four or five months of being out in direct sunshine. How do you They're perform on, that? Where where are they specifically? Like, and how do you protect the card and all of that? I mean, what what are they? Is there anything? I mean, are they passing through a window or what? What's going on? It's outside on a balcony that gets a hundred sun, and the sun's almost vertical. Okay. In the summer. Okay. There's very little rain, but I put them in um, acid-free Ziploc bags, which hopefully doesn't have any effect. Just out there in the balcony. And I put the on the balcony. Is it so? It, is it? Does it have glass over it or anything? Or no? no it's just out there, no exposed glass. to the elements, except for the bag. This summer, as I was going to be away, I did put plastic sheet on top, as I wasn't going to be around in case it rained or the forecast was bad. Because every now and then, you get a rainy day. So I put heavy plastic over the top. So pretty to be on the safe side. Okay, so, so, that the so you're pretty well protecting them from even moisture then as well. Yeah, I initially put them out on a day with dry, low humidity. Okay, okay, and so they're um, completely dry. They're protected. They're in the same position, exposed to direct sunlight, uh, more than probably they would be anywhere else. Um, on the globe, I guess they're out there for four to five months at a time, and then you assess what the rating of each of these pencils are after that time. Is that right? Yes, but anything that's left, according to the blue wool thing, will be seven or eight. Six is fading. Right, right. Okay, okay. So, any surprises? <laughs> Have you tested light fast pencils and well, any surprises? Well, one color isn't as um, that's supposed to be one has sort of it's sort of the same sort of darkness, but it's lost its yellowish. It's it's changed its hue slightly. You gotta example. tell me which one slight, that is. Slight changes. <laughs> the the foliage is a little more gray. That's supposed to be one, but it's a little more gray. Foliage in uh, which pencil line? In the light fast. In the light Durwent fast. Durwent light fast. Don't like it. It's marvelous. All the other, it, it, they really have done exceedingly well. Okay. Um, the ones that are two are starting to change a tiny bit, but then they're supposed to be six. Six is supposed to be considered extremely good anyway. But right. My test will take it to it to the slight cha very slight changes, and I can see the very slight changes in some of those. Okay, but but I'd have put I'd have put foliage as a two and not a one. As it's grading. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so all, I mean, all of the Derwent Light Fast pencils are supposed to be, you know, as light fast as, yeah, yeah. Excellent light fast rating. So, and, and they better be if they've got, bear that name. Right. But what, what I wondered yes. is, so did you, uh, have you tested all 100 pencils in the Derwent Light Fast line? Yes. 
I've got about eight missing. Okay. Okay. But that's the only big um, surprise. But they are excellent. Okay, good, good. I love that color foliage. Uh, um, so that's the only I big surprise, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's it's still good. It's still as um, a six or, or you know anyway. Okay. Right, and they, right. And well, they say that. Well, how many of us do this? Considered light fast. Sorry, say that one more time. I just talked over you. They say that six is considered light fast. Yeah. On the that's six on the blue wall scale. Right. So how many of us, you know, really are going to have our artwork out there exposed to direct sunlight? I, I sure hope not. You know, so that that's <laughs> that's something important to keep in mind. Um, so when testing, oh, you know, we're well, we're doing something extreme to be able to do that. This this picture was near a west facing window facing north. Yeah, but you weren't using LifeFast pencils either, were you? I wasn't, but that picture did not have direct light on it. So what's it all mean? When you think about it now, and you're testing, and you're continuing to test, right? Have you tested Luminance and uh, other brands as well? Oh, yes, yes. Okay. There's always a few that are not as, as one's not as happy with as one thought one would be. Okay. So and the band in the and the band go the turquoise is um one I avoid because that faded more than I sh thought it should. I'm sorry, which one? And I like the turquoise in the Van Gogh. Oh, is okay. the is the color that's most problematic amongst them. But the yellows and the reds stay very strong. Oh, and that's the color that's worst in the suit in the cheap ranges. Your yellows and your reds fade, as you can see with that picture. Oh yeah. Definitely. The pinks all, all disappear. Okay, so I guess what, what I'm wondering then, you know, being equipped now with this information. They're, all, they're excellent. You, are you, I mix. You've got the different colors and they all do different things. And interestingly enough, and I listened to one of your podcasts and she mentioned, Linda, I think it was, uh, mentioned that wax pencils work best on the UART, on the dark and um, sanded papers. Right, she said that, yeah. And I noticed, yeah, I noticed with the light fast, as a natural fact, color soft is easier to use on the UART than the light fast. Color soft. Because the, the color soft. The color soft, the and color soft have wax base. And you said, but I didn't realize at that time why why I preferred them to the, to the light fast. Derwent light fast. So you prefer the Derwent color soft to the Derwent light fast on sanded paper. Is that what the, you're saying? To a certain extent, yes. But I will use the other. But color soft will be the first one I would probably use, especially when it when I want to do a white background. Okay. Because it goes better. Or the Derwent, Derwent watercolor white. Um, it's got sorry, Chinese white. Derwent watercolor Chinese white is one of the most intense whites that there is. And I use that. So you don't really use oil-based pencils anyway, do you? Do you use oil-based pencils? Like polychromos? Yes. You do? Okay. I don't use polychromos. Okay, but you use um, Derwent Lightfast. I never Light took Fast. polychromos. 
don't like fast is oil based. I know. I, I mean, know they, they say they that. They emphasize it, that. Right. I, I know they say that. It, it doesn't feel like an oil based pencil very much to me, but I, I know they say that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very good, yeah. To me, it reminds me of a wax-based pencil so much. But but the, like you said, and I agree, they're all just a little bit different. Uh, they all have their own properties and characteristics when you use them. Yeah, exactly. They work on different papers. Yeah. Um, for example, I I tried the Derwent Artists, and it doesn't like the smooth papers. It's better on a rough paper. And then blend it in with a, a hard brush, for example, when it misses the balance. You know, I don't even own those. Um, it's probably the only pencil I don't own. Um, I don't know. You know, I take that back. I have like one or two, something like that. But I don't think I've ever used them. So I've, I've made it a goal this year to try those out. <laughs> oh, very interesting. Yeah. It's worth trying everything. Oh, yeah. It's just out of interest. I agree. I mean, I, I don't use, I don't use, I will use a few colors from that range, but I don't use very many. But if you don't try, you don't know. And everybody likes a different pencil. That's right. And a different paper. But you've got to try the different paper. So I'm swinging the, the chair around. I'm keeping my body still and swinging the chair. I'll oh, try not fine. to do that. I keep, so we keep on seeing the, that the blue coming up. Um, it's no problem. Some papers, some papers, are shinier and we'll find one paper one pencil will work very nicely on that so it you've got to try different papers and the same pencils on each type of paper until you find the combination that you like best now there are hundreds maybe thousands probably thousands of papers so we probably don't have yeah. enough lifetime to try them all right <laughs> But I agree with that sentiment no, that you do need to try a lot of different things and make up your it, own mind, right? Yes. I agree with that. Free samples are um, gratefully appreciated. Yeah, exactly. When you're using colored pen, colored um, papers, some of them fade. So these are what? As so what am see, I looking at? What what is this? You got this is a colored papers from and which? These are what? These are the that's they're, how much they're they faded. The, the Dalla, Dalla Rowney Murano. Okay. Now they're the blackest dark, they but are, the others aren't. You've got to be careful with colored papers. Okay, so they're claiming that that is a pH neutral archival um, support and surface. No, no, that no, they're not. But you've got oh, to try okay. them all. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's but you but it's worth it's worthwhile people buying papers um, to actually. Bear it in mind that colored papers need to be, you need to read the stuff and check that they're pigment and not dyed, for example. Ah, good, good, uh, good advice there. So, so let's uh, walk back, let's step back for just a moment. And I, I do want to ask uh, just this overarching question about light fast and light fast ratings. Um, what what has changed other than you use light fast pencils now, obviously, but what what yeah. else? What what are the takeaways from that? What what does this do? Having this information equipped now with what you know, what what has this done to your process of protecting your your work once you've got it completed? How do you mount your work? How, what do you do? 
uh, with your work. What what has this meant to you? Well, I'll try and make sure that it's um, framed reasonably well and tell people to hang in a place that doesn't get direct light, being important. The, I usually frame with perspex anyway, because that's always the best for exhibitions. Um, and perspex, interestingly enough, um, tends to actually be more light fast than ordinary glass. But if you, if you oh, have a plexiglass, so, the best thing is to... I think we call it plexiglass, plexiglass yes. over here. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yes. Um, some of them have UV filters. Yeah, they do. In. They're actually... And that's yeah, some ideal. of them are really quite good now. Um, interesting. Okay, so do you prefer that over museum glass? Well, first, museum glass will break more easily. And secondly, yes. I can't necessarily afford it. It's expensive. Um, okay. So I, it's expensive. Yeah. And I'm mentioning my pictures for the UK Coloured Pencil Society um, exhibitions. And they've got to be, usually have to be posted back to me. All right. Right. Um, so it's worthwhile. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, and there's a lot of talk about, okay, so do I spray my work with a UV protectant spray, a final uh, spray like that that is uh, has some UV blockers in it? Uh, do I do that or do I frame it under, um, you know, a glass or plexiglass like we're talking about that will filter out UV rays? Or do I do both? Um, you know, what what would you advise? Well, I used to use the Windsor and Newton fixative that had ultraviolet filters in, mm -hmm. but they changed the packaging and they don't mention UV filters anymore, ah. which is a little odd. So I don't know if they still have, and I've never managed to get an answer from them hmm. as to whether they still have the filters. Yeah. By the by the way, the UART dark paper is light fast. I tested that, and the color doesn't change. Oh, that's good and news. I tested the back of it as well, with a, facing the sun, and it doesn't really change color. It actually got fractionally lighter. Okay. Um, a few, you can see a, a, the the tiny bits that were slightly tiny specks that was were not quite so light stayed the same color, and the rest got lighter, which means it sort of um, but it didn't disintegrate at all under those conditions. And black, of course, gets heated in the sun; it absorbs the heat. So it's a pigment-based... Um, you have to change the plastic. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, sorry, um, finish your thought there about uh, yeah. absorbing the light. Go ahead. It absorbs heat. It was actually... Um, the bags went brittle above the black and had to be changed in the middle. Yeah. Because the black, get it gets hot. Right. And therefore, the backing is put to more stress by being hotter. That's a good point. And yet it's survived with no problem, no changes. That's very interesting. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, because it's black, right? So it's absorbing uh, the sun. Yeah. So it's absorbing all of those rays. So there is a pigment-based dye, I'm presuming then. I'm assuming. Right, okay. I've not been actually told what it is, but it, it doesn't change. It stays dark, and the resin doesn't go brittle. I sort of Try tearing them to see if this, you know, if the pieces had been exposed and the piece that hadn't to see if there was any real noticeable um, differences. But it didn't seem to be any well, difference. Well, that's good news. 
Um, I would love it if you would test the beige as well. That would be really interesting um, in that environment. If anybody like sends me about. some beige, I'll be happy to do so. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. So might be able to help you out with that, I guess. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, you know, and, and that's that's a, kind of a big thing that um, I think it's kind of popular for some to uh, just sort of talk about, you know, how that certain sanded papers are not archival. Um, and uh, from what I understand, <laughs> they're being tested with these little pens from uh, scrapbooking, uh, the scrapbooking market. And then I find out those little pens from the scrapbooking market are not very reliable. So I... You know, I, I don't know that that's a, a reliable test to use a scrapbooking pen to find out whether or not a surface is archival or not. Time. Time will tell. That's right. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Do we have time? Do we have enough time? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I yep. want to – actually, whilst I'm thinking of it, this, this is one of the best tools for – I don't think you work on the sanded paper – but on ordinary paper, these are the best blenders. Oh, I thought it was a, a COVID swab. A, what is that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's um, meant to be for eye makeup, I believe. Oh, okay. And there's different varieties, but some, some they are different. Some of them are soft and some of them are firmer. And some have this sort of interesting feel that just grabs onto color and smears it around. And You prefer the ones that are wonderful. a little more stiff? The the soft ones have a different fabric. Okay. You have the problem is I don't know I don't have a name of a make. Well, that's okay. That I can give you. Oh, okay. Um, but it's worth experimenting with, and they're very cheap. You know, uh, and I've got a variety of little tools that I, I try to use, and some of them, yeah, I don't really know the name, but I like the soft tools by Pan Pastel as well. But the problem that I've noticed often is if I'm just using uh, some of these sponges and different things, these applicators, early on in the process, sanded paper will actually tear up that little applicator sometimes. And I'll get look, these little granular yeah. things. So I usually wait personally until I have a little more on the surface or I'll use a paintbrush, a stiff bristled uh, type of scrubber yeah. brush in the beginning because I don't care what happens to okay. that, you know. Interesting. These I'm using on ordinary white paper. They're for white paper, not for sanded. I tend to use them. So you don't do any blending at all wonderful. on your sanded paper? Not as much. It doesn't seem to be as, don't seem to succeed quite as much. Yeah, it doesn't move around a whole lot, does it? Yeah. It does a little bit. See, what I've noticed is with polychromos pencils, it moves it around quite a bit, uh, a lot more than it will with a wax-based pencil. I'm a member of the UK CPS and I joined them in 2006. It's the UK Coloured Pencil Society. And they, they're now a registered charity. Oh. And they do their best to encourage everybody, new beginners and all. They help people to learn the best from coloured pencils. Um, we've got lots of professionals. We've got amateurs. And we've now got over 800 members. Oh, very nice. And there's a... 32-page glossy magazine that goes out four times a year oh, cool. to the members. Yeah. And we've got an exhibition coming up in October 
in a major gallery in London, the Barge House at Oxo in October. Is it an international exhibition? Take, people in the States can apply? And people in the States can apply. Anything okay. you want to enter, you can enter. Okay. It's got to, I think it's got to be suitable for families to see. <laughs> Not X-rated. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and the problem is these days how easy it is to post things and, you know, You've got to be careful of BAT and all sorts of complications like that. It's probably easier to bring it and visit England at the same time. <laughs> probably. Oh, that's funny. Oh. Yeah, it's only 10 days in any case, so that's a good amount of time for a holiday. Or two so weeks. what, what month is it in? October. October. Okay, plenty of time right now. When's the submission yeah. have to be? Yeah, well, you, you'll, I think it's July. Okay, that's coming up then. By, by, by then. Right. They, they haven't yet announced the details on the website, but um, people can go and visit the website. It's open to, it's cheaper for not, for members to enter, of course. Right, right. But non-members can enter as well. Well, let's hope that the pandemic will and be going, all done and over with by then. I do hope so. I've had enough of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Are you? Okay. I, I just had, I just had the virus, so... It's a, I think it's the second time I had the virus. Um, maybe we'll go for an uneven three and uh, just have it three times. I don't know. No, I'm just <laughs> I, I, I just uh, resign myself to the fact that I'm going to get the virus. So, um, you know, it's going to happen, I guess. I don't know. Um, so you've got you've had it? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I did have it. My daughter had it. She had a positive test and uh, everyone else in the house got it uh, um but by the time i went and got tested it came back negative but i had all the same symptoms uh that she had and uh it was all the classic symptoms and and then i started thinking about it i thought about this before though i had it over the summer too i'm pretty certain that i did i'm glad you're all, all right i guess i need a t-shirt yeah thank you appreciate that what kind of goals do you have for the future one day i'd like to have people purchasing my work that's not happening right now? Hardly ever. Oh, really? Okay. People people want to commission pet portraits. Portraits of and animals are more popular than anything else. I mean, oh. the people in the art group mention, I'm busy with commissions. That seems to be the, the animals are the popular things. I agree with you there. They, they do seem to be very popular. I'd, what I'd really like is somewhere like the National Trust, to send me off to draw their properties <laughs> with free accommodation. Well, there you go. Let me know if that happens. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what that would be my ideal because I, I love beautiful places to be able to go take photographs in these places, to work from the drawings, to be doing what the, the, the commissioner, that's not right, really the right word, wants. And keeping myself happy at the same time would be wonderful. You should make that happen. I hope so. When you do, nice. when you do, let me know and we'll get you back on here and you can talk about it. That'd be great. I think that's my main dream is to do that. That's very cool. Is there anything else that you want to say that would help encourage a new colored pencil artist or... But for somebody who's starting new, remember that the first colour you put down may be the strongest colour. 
You can work over it to adjust the hue, but it will always influence what's on put on top of it. You can always enha get, enhance it afterwards with the same colour after you put other colours on. Um, but try to keep your surfaces, especially your undersurfaces, as smooth as possible if you're going to do multiple layers, or you'll get streakiness. Yeah, it's a very good um, point. I keep my I keep my lines short rather than long. And when I'm working lightly, I'll hold the pencil away from the point. And when I want to working heavier, I'll work close to the point, and the pencil will gradually get more upright the heavier I'm working. Um, if I'm covering a large area, I won't keep sharpening the pencil with a sharpener. I'll take a knife and pare back the wood so that the lead is basically exposed so that I'm not wasting the lead. Oh. That's an important thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if I'm working on new art, I will use sellotape, sorry, a uh, scotch tape to blot off excess pigment to erase. Uh -huh. Because you can't use an ordinary eraser. No, it doesn't it. work very well on sanded paper. Yeah, you're right. Lifting works pretty well on sanded paper. Um, that's fascinating that, so, uh, let's talk about technique for a moment then. Are you using, do you go dark to light or light to dark or does it not matter? Do you kind of do both or is there a preference? Both. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes if you're working light, it helps to have a dark area as contrast. Because if you're going to, if you've got dark yeah. areas beside it, yeah. if you start with a light, the pale skin, like your pale skin, for example, if you're starting with that, you'll make it too light if you haven't got the dark around it to contrast the color. So working with both lights and darks at the same time helps you get it right. And, you know, you're talking about Visually. that streakiness showing through. Uh, that really does show through quite a bit if you're using especially dark pencils and then going lighter on top. I've noticed that's... Um, it's even more important that you have a consistent lay down or application of that color underneath. Hmm. I don't use any solvents and you I don't. normally work dry. Okay. No. So that's not something I know much about. And you're always spraying? Are you, are you still spraying your work and uh, sanded paper or you're not doing that? I'm not spraying on sanded paper. I don't think it's really necessary. Okay. Especially wax-based pencils, I guess. They're just going to stick in place. I hope so, yes. But one, one problem is um, that sometimes if you, when you're working densely, it gets a sort of a certain amount of shine. Yeah. And I don't think the, fix, the fixative, if you put fixative on the dark, really dark areas, they sometimes seem to shine more. And I don't know what to do about the shine on dark. When, when, when you've used colors dark, um, intensely. Yeah. I've, do you have any solution for that? How do you make dark things not shine? Well, so I, I have noticed that that happens, <laughs> um, but it's not so much for me. It hasn't been so much just uh, dark areas. It's just any area that I've really used a lot of the wax based pencils in um, like luminance for me, mostly. Uh, but it also happens with uh, Derwent Lightfast from time to time. But when I spray it, it pretty much evens out everything if I spray it with Lascaux uh, Fixative. 
when I'm done. Yeah. It kind of gets rid of a lot of that. Most it gets rid of most of that shine whenever I do that. I'll have to try that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that does bother me though. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that in any, uh, surface to have that, that shine to start to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I just, yeah, it doesn't bother me enough to worry about it a whole lot, but the Lascaux spray does help with that a little bit. Um, okay. so other than Scotch I suppose tape. I that's one advantage of the. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, that's one of the advantages of the UART dark, is that you can get darks without shininess. Yeah, I guess so. You're you're making me want to try the dark again. I, I, I've tried it before. I've used it before, uh, but it's been a while, so. <laughs> I'll have to try the beige. <laughs> yeah, you will. I, I would love to know what you think about it. You're using scotch tape. Is Are you using sticky putty or a kneaded eraser at all? No, I've never really got to. Okay really tried them out properly so okay no okay so you're pretty much that's your means of erasing is the scotch tape yes i think the removable one is probably better if you can get it um because it'll be less traces i don't know if there's any traces get left but if they the removable one will certainly have less traces the removable what is that we're talking about Scotch tape, the removable Scotch tape. There's Scotch tape that's designed not to be quite so tacky. Oh, okay. Any uh, any parting words before we go, Judith? Try if you can afford cotton paper. That's always ideal. If you're using white paper, try for the maximum percentage of cotton if you want your work to last. Wh which cotton paper do you like? Well. I happen to be using one that's no longer available. Oh, that's helpful. It's actually a printing. <laughs> Just kidding. It's very helpful. <laughs> but you've got, you've got, there's these, there's all sorts of lovely papers. Um, Derwent's got, Lightfast has got out a nice new paper. That's a cream, slightly creamy. You like that one. one. Um, there's this, yeah. There's also, that works well with colored pencils. There's a, the Strathmore vellums and, the 500, not the shiny ones, not the plate, but the vellums. Okay. Um, and they have in different grades. They have a, a watercolor one, for example, hot, um, that's nice. They have, but to aim for the 500 in the Strathmore range because they're a higher percentage of cotton. Right, right. But there's so many different things. But aim for, you want one that's not too smooth, but also is not too textured mm -hmm. otherwise you have to spend all your time pressing and filling in the grain yeah exactly and it'll take forever <laughs> yeah unless that's the process yeah. you like right my, fa my, my favorite is, is is called lana royale and is by hana mule but there's practically none left in the world oh okay <laughs> i looked at, i tried looking it up online and couldn't find it huh? i hear from them it's been totally it's discontinued it's been discontinued oh, no. i just spoke to hana oh Mule. that's too bad um and and what they had it in a, on a website in Australia and a website in New Zealand, hmm. but one of them had already sold out by the time I asked them out of interest. Do you remember the U Art Dark is only a few years old? Right, right. Yeah, it so hasn't been out very I long. Everything I did before yeah. that has to be on white. 
yeah, it hasn't been out very long, so that, that's cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, guys, this is a weekly show. It comes out on Monday every single week. Uh, we have usually one guest per month. So if you would like to see the video version, there are also video versions of the podcast when I don't have a guest on here. Those are available inside Member Circle over there in Monthly Sharpener. Just go over to the show notes to grab that link. Go to sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. And if you like the show, tell someone else about the show. Please consider giving a rating and or a review. I would appreciate that. And I will talk to you again next week. And until then, stay sharp. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.